the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello. Welcome to this week's episode of Relevant Recovery. Hiya. Hi. Yep. Hi. Hi. I miss Bree. I do too. Hi. Now she go bye. Bye. Uh, We're glad you're tuning in to listen to the show today. The show is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. We are a nonprofit uh, organization aimed at providing education, support, and services for anyone with substance use disorder and or their family members. Mm. And so we have a outpatient clinic in the area of 290 and 610. Uh, In the H. In the H town. Uh, We offer peer support and recovery coaching, uh, substance use and chemical dependency counseling, therapy, microcurrent neurofeedback, among other things. You know what I was thinking about what you guys should add? What? You should put a room in your facility, like a break room, like um, for the families of the unloved one to come in and break stuff. Oh, to get like an anger an management room. An aggression room. You guys should think about <laughs> smash that. Smash room. Smash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smash, you should, smash. Yeah. Where they can just come in and like get a baseball bat and just start smashing stuff <laughs> to get some of their aggression out about, over that loved one. They have those in town Yeah, where you can pay. They're actually kind of expensive, but you can pay money and go into a smashy smash room with ba- baseball bats like TVs, radios, like you just tear it up. I'm thinking we're on to something here. <laughs> I think can you build that on insurance? No, it's not covered. Oh shoot. <laughs> it's not All industry right. standard. But anyways, back on track, we offer things that are best practices, things that, things that do help your loved ones get well. And so if you would like any information about our services, you can give us a call at 844 and hope. That's 844-263 4673 or you can visit our website www.mhdrp.org herpeter.org or matthewshope.org and we can answer any of your questions you can uh, press the button to schedule an appointment to candy pants yeah 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 you can call candy and ask about our services currently our detox portion of our inpatient program is closed down we hope to find a new home by summertime uh, fingers crossed and send out prayers that we find the location that we're supposed to be in. And as per the usual, we are so grateful that you're listening to us today on KPRC 950 AM in Houston, Texas, The H. If you do miss our show at 1 p.m. Central on Sundays, <clears throat> just go ahead and give us a listen on any podcast platform, whether you listen to iHeart, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, we're on all of them. Check us out. We've got a lot of past episodes. If you have nothing better to do with your day and you're contemplating staring at a TV, listen to us instead and make fun of us. We love it. Also, don't forget that we have a fascia book. Mm -hmm. We get any traction. Mm -hmm. And I've taken over the Instagram. And mm-hmm. one of your friends was not happy about that. You know, it is what it is. Um, but we're starting to get a little bit of traction on Instagram. It's weird how if you use the Instagram. Listen, that's why you took it over. I don't use Instagram. I just have Instagram. I use Facebook. And so it. I thought every time I was posting things on Facebook, which was a lot, 
um, it's connected. So I thought it was carrying over. Apparently it never was and or wasn't for a long time. And so you decided that even though social media is poison for you, well, and we're you're going to try the game today. again we're gonna... and you're going to get <laughs> all mixed up in the Insta world again. So um, listeners, this is going to go bad within three months. Mark my words. Do y'all see how hateful she is? No, I hope the audience recognizes. This is not hateful. This is truth speech. Okay. Truth. Hateful. You just, you just don't like truth, Donald. It's hateful. So anyways, uh, it's going to go bad because you took over the Instagram. Uh, our relevant recovery Instagram will be more successful, but you're going to get TikTok brain. Okay, but here, here's the thing. Well, before we go into that, mm. I'm really excited today. You are? I'm really excited. I'm really excited today, too. I'm going to hate you by the end of the day, I think. <laughs> but I'm really excited because today I am packed up and ready to go. You're leaving, finally. I'm, now it's going to drop down into the like the low 30s this weekend at night, but I'm going camping in a tent, laying on the ground. And so we can talk about this because this episode won't air till after you're back, so there's no threat to my safety. But uh, what's great <laughs> is that you are the biggest threat to your safety. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Um, but you're going to be gone. I get the whole house to myself for a few days. And and what are you going to do with the whole house to yourself? I haven't decided yet. I already um, know. I won't even need to be there. <laughs> you're going to you're going to eat trash cuz that's what pandas do. Trash pandas do. They eat trash. You're going to eat trash. Uh-huh. Live you're, fast, eat trash. You're trash only going to get up. Comes. You're only going to get up from your white chair in our living room when it's time to go to bed. So you'll move from the white chair to the bed. I actually have a busy schedule aligned for this weekend. Thank you very much. While while death scrolling. No. You will death scroll on the chair until you're like, oh, gosh, this death scroll is really at, rough. You should look at my calendar, sir. I have things planned <sighs> all day, every day. It's been 11 hours of death scroll. I think I'm going to move to the bed now. <laughs> I'm tired. Anyway, so I'm going to be happy that you're not around and you're going to be freezing in a that tent. That doesn't sound no kind and loving at all. I didn't mean it rude. I was just I'm like, excited because I'm going to go camping, not because I'm going to be away from the love of my life. I completely misunderstood this weekend, man. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> You're a bad person. Anyways, we're going to get to the topic. Well, okay, so on the Instagram front, this is the perfect lead-in. we got a minute or so before we have to take a break. Mm-hmm. So I have two Instagrams. Mm-hmm. You're going to laugh. <laughs> the show Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I brought mine back. Great. Okay, but here's the cool thing. And this is what we're going to talk about because you're absolutely right. I don't have the power. You don't have the ability to have Instagram, sir. Okay, but check this out. So within a few days, <laughs> I wish people could see your face. Within a few days of me having our show Instagram back, when you went to the search button, it was all girls in like scantily clad clothing. Of course. Yeah. But on mine, it's not. It's all... Um, Christian videos, uh, Jordan Peterson, marriage stuff on like how to treat your wife, how a husband and wife should act toward each other, how to how to respect and how to... You should definitely follow those. <sighs> Violence in the studio today, Will. <laughs> no. And the other one is changing. I'm changing the algorithm. Yeah. So the other one is not like that anymore. And during the break, I'll show it to you. But yeah. uh-huh. this plays into our topic today because we're going to talk about insanity. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Relevant Recovery Radio.
Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio with your hosts, with your host Donnie and his lovely sidekick Heather. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. So we're going to talk, you know, last week we talked about the first step. We talked about what what makes you an alcoholic. So it's the first step we in the 12-step program. We talked about what makes someone powerless over something. What defines you as an alcoholic. Whether that's in, in, no choice, no control. Right, allergy and insanity. Uh-huh. And then we talked a little bit about unmanageability. And we were like trying to discuss what to talk about this week. And there's a few topics that came up, but what we really kind of boiled down to is we'd like to expand a little more on the insanity mm-hmm. and talk a little bit more about unmanageability. And the reason is, is this plays into every piece of our life. My insanity is not just around drugs and alcohol. My insanity is around Instagram. And when we say the word insanity, we're actually meaning it very specifically, and it's not in a mental health sort of way. Um, we're talking about the a symptom of chronic addiction or powerlessness. And when we so when we say the word insanity, what we're talking about is no choice about doing or using or consuming something. It's, no matter what you want, no matter how strong right. your will. And so the uh, the literature calls it uh, in, an insane, insane period before the drink. So if we're talking about alcohol. Mm-hmm. Or it, the in, <clears throat> the insane moment before the porn, the insane moment before clicking on that big booty girl on Instagram that you know you shouldn't and you don't want to, the insane moment before you know, you've thought about, you know what, I'm not going to eat pizza. I'm going to probably eat chicken wings when I go to that restaurant. I'm not going to do pizza. And then you get in line, you have that insane moment, you you get pizza anyway. Right. Like it applies to everything. I'm not going to spend that money this month, and yet I can walk it out of the mall with a new pair of shoes so that I don't need. So when addiction, which is a progressive illness, when it progresses into chronic or powerless territory, what that means is you lose the choice around doing that thing. And so it's problematic because someone who may have a problem with food or drugs or drinking or shopping or whatever, they may not be powerless and may have not developed this symptom yet. So we're not saying this is blanket for everyone who has a disorder like that. What we're saying is the nature of this illness of addiction is progressive. If you progress into chronic or powerless territory, what that means 100% is that you have developed no choice around it. Mm-hmm. And so this, so I always love the debate that you'll see um, people on keyboards and social media around whether the or not- The keyboard ad- warriors. Well, the idea is about whether or not addiction is a choice. And people have all sorts of phrases and points of view that they will spew uh, when they try to defend this idea. And so I think that what I want our listeners to understand is that there are some people in the world that had a really bad drinking or drugging problem mm-hmm. that were not powerless and not chronic. Where, where the drinking and the drugs were the problem. And when they removed it, life got better. But, but what wait, I'm saying wait, wait. is they had a choice. What I'm saying is the mm, kicker is... Okay, is you want to make it simple. Got it. I want to make it real simple. They may have had a period of time where they had a big drinking or drugging problem, but technically they weren't progressed into chronic territory yet because they still had a choice about whether or not they were wanted to do this. Um, And so they were able to exercise coping skills or willpower or other things to change the behavior and stop it, right? And so that's not true for people that are chronic that do have this uh, progressed symptom. Because the no choice thing is the kicker of the illness. It means I don't have a choice in drinking or doing drugs. I'm guaranteed to have an insane moment that gives me permission to do it again at some point in time. 
So real quick, give me the overview from our literature between the problem is the alcohol and the problem is chronic alcoholism or chronic behavior. Okay, reword that question to me. What are you asking me? Page 2021. Okay. You're asking me to reiterate what it's saying? The hard and the... All right, so it, what it's saying is it's giving two different kinds of drinkers. They call one a hard drinker, which is what we call maybe acute alcoholism, and then they call the chronic or the real alcoholic the worst kind, mm -hmm. potentially. And so both may look the same externally. Mm -hmm. Both may have health problems, liver problems, arrest problems, family problems, divorce problems, income pro whatever. Right. It doesn't matter. Right. And we're talking about the hard drinker and the chronic. And so the issue is, is that if you have, if you're just an acute alcoholic, not chronic, um, then when life gives you a sufficiently good reason to stop or moderate, you can. Okay. Congratulations, bro. More power to you. The problem is, is that those people that exercise willpower and got sober are then online saying, addiction to choice. I chose my kids. I chose you. Yeah. Well, oh. good for you, Susan. Oh, that's Susan. You only had acute addiction or acute alcoholism issues. You were not chronic. You had not lost the power of choice yet. We need a male name because I can't say Kyle. something like, I want to hit Susan in the Kyle. face. It's Kyle. Okay, Kyle. I'll hit Kyle in the face. He's an idiot. <laughs> I don't know if you say that on the radio. But anyways, okay. my point is, is that- Okay, so that's the acute. Now give me the other. Okay, so chronic is someone who has went past the acute stage. Okay. Um, and they have lost the choice of drink. And what that means is doesn't matter that their liver's failing. Doesn't matter that they got three DWIs. It doesn't matter that they really, really, really want to be sober. Give it a little time. The book says a few weeks or a few months. That person drinks again. Mm -hmm. Why? No one says, hey, I want to grow up and be a heroin addict. I thought you did. That wasn't your aspiration. <laughs> Didn't you not... draw pictures of it in eighth grade? No. Oh, I, I had no know. idea. Anyways, no one says, I want to grow up and destroy my life with alcohol. Although you did want to live in a storage unit at some point. No, that was a treehouse. That's a very different story, don't you? Oh. <laughs> Just follow me here. And so what I'm saying is... People fall into addiction in lots of different ways. Maybe it was innocent experimentation. Prescription drugs. Uh, maybe it was after a surgery like me. Yeah. Uh, I was almost 30 years old when... Uh, well, let's be honest, though. I think that the surgery was the gasoline on the fire of your life that was already burning down. Mm -hmm. Let's just be honest. Right, but I was not, <laughs> uh, you know, doing heroin or anything. I mean, yet. how could your life have been? I wasn't in it yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, how good could it have been? My point is, is that this can look different for everybody. And so that's the danger of someone like telling their story or being too specific is because the listeners would be like, oh, I'm not like them. That didn't happen. I'm like, no, you got to look around the choice piece. And for those of you who are not alcoholic, for those of you who are not drug addicts, let me apply this to your life. And I want you to think about the things you struggle with, because if you are human, there's a struggle. But I'm not talking about just a struggle. I'm talking about complete powerlessness. Understood. But if somebody is struggling with food, it's a struggle. I get it, but it doesn't mean it's chronic. You haven't let me explain it yet. Go ahead. Because you're just in that mode today. <laughs> no. Heather almost got killed on the car ride over here today. <laughs> no. So what I mean is that I have struggled with food since I was 12. Mm -hmm. But what I realized in the last four years is that there really is no difference for me between food and drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. That you watched me have consequences, hefty consequences. Mm -hmm. 
but I wasn't able to make a choice. I wasn't able to say, you know what? I'm going to eat right. I'm going to stop eating carbs. I'm going to do whatever. Right. I, I, I was only, I agree with you. I know that you're chronic and powerless around food and other things besides alcohol, because uh, I know you and I know your experience. I just didn't want to confuse the listeners with the idea of if you have a struggle with something, it's somehow guaranteed to be the same. Understood. It's not the same. Understood. So what would you call mine then with food? Yours is a chronic powerless type with food. Absolutely. You, because you have the allergy of the body and the insanity of the mind around food. You You've are seen powerless. It. I've seen it. Okay. So then we can apply that to there's, and I want to say men out there, but I think you've made the comment before it's men and women, but porn. Mm-hmm. There are people that where porn is absolutely affecting them negatively. There are absolute consequences. I've heard of like, engagements being broken and I've heard of marriages being broken and I've heard of all kinds of things happening. Mm -hmm. I struggled with it myself mm -hmm. and I absolutely did not want to do it, mm -hmm. but I was powerless over it. Right. The thought or the idea would come into my mind. And even though I didn't want to, there's a little part in the back of my mind that knows I'm going to do it anyway, mm -hmm. like whether I want to or not. So you have food, you have porn, you have money, all of these things. When you have a chronic addiction to it, consequences don't matter. Or what I should say is willpower doesn't seem to matter. Yeah. I think that insanity covers the board. I get that you and I focus on drugs and alcohol, yeah. but I've been able to apply these same 12 steps, these same concepts, these same principles to all of it. Right, right. All of the things that have plagued me and caused me issues. Mm -hmm. So, I agree with you. Hold on, I gotta write that down. That's the first time. I'm gonna write that during our break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Relevant Recovery Radio. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio with your hosts, Donnie and Flathair. <laughs> I said before in the break, I said, stop recording me for your Instagram reels or whatever they're called on Instagram because my hair is flat today and I don't like it. Yeah. Welcome back, uh, Donnie. And this is my <laughs> co-host, Flat, flat Hair. <laughs> Anyways, um, we're taking a deeper dive into... Um, Yep. The mental obsession, also known as the insanity, and, and, and I did then take unmanageability. A, you took a side road I for did, a second. I did, but because, so I don't know that our podcast listeners know, but we are on the radio in Houston, Texas, every what? Sunday at 1. we are? And so you may have people listening that don't have a drug or an alcohol problem. In fact, I have a guy, and I don't want to say where I know him or anything, because I don't want to know I'm talking about him, but I'm going to use him as an example. <clears throat> he was asking me about drug and alcohol addiction. He was asking me about like, what do you mean you just can't stop no matter what? And the illness and the, and I'm explaining allergy and insanity. Mm -hmm. And while this guy is just shocked and cannot believe what he's hearing about drug and alcohol addiction, he's about 340 pounds. Okay. okay. And what I'm thinking the whole time is, bro, you got the same problem with food, but I can't talk about that. Right. Taboo. I can't bring that up. Or you got people that have the same problem with pornography. You have the people that have and the I same problem with girls, paying their bills and their finances. And right, I'll, I'll see it most often um, because I work in the treatment industry. Shocker, but I think I see a lot of times people come in and they'll say, "Oh, I quit heroin twenty years ago." But I'm like, "Bill, you've been drinking for twenty years. You've never been sober." And so we got to like break down this insane thinking. And so 
when we really look at it, my heroin addiction started with medications, opiates that were prescribed to me after two surgeries. I had no idea at 30 years old that I was going to have the physical allergy to opiates and I would crave more and abuse them. Once that kicked in and I went down that rabbit hole, and I don't fault the doctors at all. Doctors have no. a right to treat pain after surgery. But as I as I alluded to earlier, and I know enough about your your past and your, well, I know your whole past and history, your life was kindling, ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the opiate was just the match this on the fire. This was the cigarette flicked onto the gasoline, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so it was like, boom, this, this addiction, right? Um, I didn't know it was coming. I'm actually really grateful that it happened now because I have a completely different internal condition as a result of everything I've been we through. We definitely have lives, lives we don't we, deserve. Yeah. And so, but looking back, I think that that's the most common misunderstood aspect of addiction. And what, I'm just trying to be real clear today. There are two different kinds of addiction, acute versus chronic. Our specialty is chronic. We mm -hmm. are chronic. That's the powerless, hopeless type. And not the kind of chronic you smoke. <laughs> right now. I mean, you might. Yeah, on. I guess. But what I'm saying is, is this person does not have the ability to choose sobriety due to desire for good. Right. Something will go on in their mind that's insane. And the book calls it a few different things. It calls it no choice. It calls it insanity. It calls it a peculiar mental twist. It calls it mental inconsistencies and mental blank spot. Okay. Now, so, as you transition that, I want you to transition because you explain it well. And what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Like figuring that out, looking at your past, being completely self-honest. Mm -hmm. What does it look like? Give an example from you. And, and what does it look like? What does that change? Like You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I think... So it can look different for everybody, but the, there's common threads. So ask yourself, has life given me a good reason? Well, let's just say it's with alcohol or pills or whatever. Okay. Has, li has my life given me good evidence that mm -hmm. I shouldn't do it anymore? And my doctor gave me good evidence that I would be dead by 50 if I didn't change my diet. Right. And so we look at that evidence. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, okay, based on that evidence, can I logically say, hey, I shouldn't drink, or I don't drink very well, or I, sh I don't take pills very well. I should, right. I have no business doing that. You couldn't shoot heroin like a lady. I could not do it like a lady. I tried <laughs> for four, four or five years. But anyways, the point is, is that honestly look at your experience. Has life given you some evidence that you shouldn't do it, but then do you do it again later anyways? And if the answer is yes, isn't that insane? Now, there's one caveat, though. Maybe that person doesn't want sobriety at all. Right. And so I am not talking to that person right and now. And for that person, the consequences are just the cost of doing business. That, Whatever. That's it, Maybe right? there's no consequences. Who knows? Maybe right. they're high functioning and they still have a job or what. There are definitely people who I think are chronic that don't have any desire to be sober. Okay, I'm not talking to those people. Yeah, no wanty sobi. They no wanty sobi. Who I'm talking to is someone who wanted to be sober, and you said, "Okay, that's it. I'm not doing this ever again." Or wanted to eat a good diet, or wanted to be financially responsible, or wanted to put down the porn addiction. Keep going. I'll give you um, a real life example of mine, and although it's extreme, and yours doesn't need to be this extreme, I'm giving my extreme example because it's so obvious. Okay. Great. Right? That's why I'm giving this example. Is this about flat hair? Oh, what's wrong with my Is hair? Is flat hair a theory? Anyways, um, so I w had lost my children, and I was into heroin and meth and all that. Did you ever find them? <laughs> no, you know what I mean. 
They were taken away. They were taken away from me. I was living in a trap house, a drug house. Anyways, I remember needing to go to court to try to get visitation. I really did want to see my kids. I wasn't trying to get custody of them because I was not stable, Mm -hmm. but I did want to see them. I was a stay-at-home mom for 10 years before drug addiction, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they're gone. They're taken from me. And so I remember the court date was coming up, and I remember telling myself, I'm going to get sober seven days before court. I didn't know anything about hair follicle tests back then. I just thought if I stopped seven days before, I'd be able to pass a UA and see them. Now, for our listeners, because if you or a lo- if you if you have a loved one who's an alcoholic, at some point you're like, this, this person's a liar. They keep saying they're going to do something, and they don't do it. In that moment when you're like, okay, I want to be sober for this court date. If I had to put you on a lie detector test, would you have passed? Yes. You wanted to be sober with every fiber of and your so being. And so what happened is day seven before court would come, and I'd try real hard all day, and then I'm, I'm sick or something's going on, and so I cave and I do some other substance or just a little bit of some substance, just try to get through it. I'm like, well, I already did it. Yeah. All right, so I might as well do it. Yeah. All right, well, that same thing happens again on day six. All right, well, then I'll stop by day five. Day five comes and I fail. Well, okay, well, day four. Are you able to like quickly give an account of what does that day look like? What what mm-hmm. what are you arguing with yourself? Are you uh, do you are you staring at it? Are you obsessing? No, what no, does it look there's like? There's no good to for me to describe it because it's so different. Everybody, I'm gonna throw it off. That's that's not the point. Okay, it doesn't matter right. what the day looks like. The the point is is right, that so you just have no willpower. I made a decision, <laughs> and I wasn't able to manage that decision. Okay, I was not able to execute that decision. No and matter this, the want or the desire. This happened time and time again in my life. I yeah. remember with that scenario, I even. Uh, got high in my dad's truck in the parking lot of the courthouse before I went in to lose custody so you of my not, kids. So you got high every day of those six, seven days prior, and then you ended up, if I remember the story correctly, you asked your dad, you said, Dad, you got to get out of the truck, and you literally got high on heroin with a needle in his truck while he was standing behind the truck. Yeah. Because you did not have a choice. Like, nobody wants to do that but, in front of their parents. But norm- nobody wants to do that. normal people don't understand no choice. So all of our listeners that have a choice about these sort of things in life, congratulations that you don't have the disease of chronic addiction. You will never, ever comprehend what we're talking about. Right. But maybe you will in other areas. Look at your behavior with shopping. Look at your behavior with finances. Look at your behavior with food. Look at your behavior with lottery tickets. Have you ever said, I'm not going to do this anymore? Right. Listen, and then Linda. You do it again later. Listen, Linda, because you're not a chronic alcoholic and you're posting on Facebook that it's a choice. You need to just stop. I want you to cancel your Facebook account, deactivate, <laughs> hit yourself in the face, and just be better. <laughs> just be better. It's just, uh, it's frustrating because I don't want to discount. Uh, someone else's experience, although it was an acute addiction experience. Yeah. But then those people are preaching to the chronic choir that they just need to pull up their big girl panties and choose their kids or love their kids more. I'm like, you have no freaking clue what you're talking about. Right, right. You have no clue what it means to literally sit in the bathroom floor bawling your eyes out because you don't want to do this anymore and doing it again anyway and hating yourself for it. I had a real uh, issue, so I, I've never been able to burp. This is leading somewhere good, Heather, don't you worry. I never was able to burp in my whole life. Like, have you ever heard me? No. No. Um, you gurgle. I do gurgle, but I, don't, I can't burp, and it's a weird thing. So in the end of my drinking career, the problem was that if I drank beer, I couldn't eat because of all the bubbles in my stomach and I couldn't get them out. Or if I drank like Crown and Coke because of the bubbles, I couldn't get it out. And so all of these things were causing an issue with my drinking. And I remember, so I had an RV and I used to love to go camping. 
Um, and I had gone to the grocery store, went to go buy supplies for the camping trip. And I remember standing in the aisle, staring at two cases of Corona and I didn't want them. Like I didn't want to buy them with every fiber of my being. I just didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be sick. I didn't want to, I just didn't want to drink anymore. And I remember walking out of that grocery store with three cases of Corona and just tears streaming down my face mm -hmm. because I was doing something that I absolutely didn't want to do, but I had no control over it. I just, there was no way not to. Right. And I've got fairly decent willpower. I mean, my, my daughter came home from this, high this, school health class when I was 33 and said, smoking's going to kill you. And I threw them in the trash and never picked up a cigarette so again. So this is not about weak you know? willpower. Right. This is about a progressive illness that attacks the mind around specific substances or behaviors. That's right. And it almost attacks the mind. It, it attacks the mind almost as bad as being from Oklahoma. Don't <laughs> go anywhere. We're going to be right back with Relevant Recovery Radio. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery. Hi. You scared me. <laughs> Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio with your host, Heather and Donnie. We're taking a deeper dive into the insanity of the mind symptom uh, with chronic addiction issues. And I want to paraphrase a few different other things because there's some other stories in our literature that give examples. And I just want to quickly talk about what those are so people can like ponder this for themselves. Um for instance, they give an example of a guy who was 30 years old and drinking too much, and he wanted to retire successfully. So he actually stopped drinking and remained dry for 25 years. And after he retired successfully, he thought, cool, game on, I get to drink now. And the guy was dead in four years from alcoholism. And so... After such a successful life, they should call that story Man of 30. They do. Oh, man of 30 anyways and they give us another example well, but what uh, but what's the point of that story The point of the story is that he thought he couldn't be an alcoholic because he'd been able to stay stopped for a long period of he had time. a long period of sobriety mm -hmm. right. and so and and he was a man of means he was well to do he had all the money at his disposal for all the help he needed mm -hmm. but was still dead within four years and it's interesting because with the argument with that story is that he actually never planned to stay stopped for good he had an end game he knew he was going to drink again Same. when he retired. And Minus so, next week. So that was uh, makes the whole the whole story a little sus on at what point he became chronic or not. Yeah. Don't know. Won't know, but he's dead, you know? And he was either a workaholic or really hard to be around. Right. So then they give us another example of a guy they called Jim. Uh, Jim is a disgruntled car salesman, and he's sober for a little bit, and he goes to a diner to try to sell a car, and he uh, eats a sandwich, drinks a glass of milk, and the thought crossed his mind. And this is back in the 20s and 30s, yeah, by the way. the thought crossed his mind, hey, if I put just a little ounce of whiskey in a glass of milk, it won't hurt me on a full stomach. And so this is by his own account. He literally thought this, this and did this. Yes, this and, is an insane thought. And so that was the insanity moment that won. And um, and so he drinks it and he says the experiment went so well, air quotes, that he ordered another and another and another. And then it says one more journey to the asylum for Jim. Right. And so we're looking at that story. And what was his insane moment? This insane moment happens sober. You're sober here when you make an insane choice, air quotes, uh, to try the game again. So your brain tries to trick you and tell you what will be okay. Stay away from the Crown Royal or the tequila, but you can put a little whiskey and milk. 
And all of these people, by the way, had consequences. Mm -hmm. Like literally, uh, what what is the, is it, um, what about Fred? Because Fred, Fred, yeah. Fred was a good guy, mm-hmm. uh, a good earner. Everybody loved him. He had a gentle disposition, except... He was alcoholic. When it came to drinking. And now... He drinks, he ends up in an asylum, which today that's a rehab rehab or a detox. Fred's my favorite story because this very successful businessman drinks a little too heavily, ends up in rehab. And what it says is some people like me and you came to the rehab to tell him what we know about alcoholism. We gave him information. Information. And and Fred's like, thanks for the information. This isn't me. I'm going to stay sober. I'm not an alcoholic. Yeah. And it says all goes well for a time. We saw no more Fred for a while. And it, it was about a year. Yep. So this dude stays dry, sober for about a year. And he thinks, well, I was making too big a deal out of that. Oh, those people are miserable. And so he goes out of town for a business deal. It Which says, goes well. It, the business deal ends favorably. So Fred made money. He's been to this place before. He During said, the sobriety. He says there was no pressing problems in his life. It right. was the end of a perfect day, not a cloud on the horizon. And he crossed the threshold to the diner and he said, hey, I'm going to have a cocktail with dinner. Nothing more. And so he did. And so I want to really highlight this insanity. He was not thinking about drinking or not drinking at all, all day. And you got to think about it. A year prior, he was in an asylum. He was in a hospital. So it was an issue. Right. Okay. And so, but a year later, he thinks he was making too big a deal out of that. He's done great for a year. So Mm -hmm. that's the delusion. The lie that he believed is that he was doing good when Mm -hmm. he wasn't spiritually. He didn't Mm -hmm. know that. But he had a wonderful day. And so I love Fred's story because in the 12-step world... And wait, wait. And it also said that he was facing some real consequences. It would mean one more trip to the asylum. Losing his wife, his kids. Losing his job, Mm -hmm. his wife, his kids. Like he was really facing a ton of consequences for this decision. But all of that was not sufficient to stop him when he had the crazy idea, the insane moment that I could have a cocktail with dinner. He thought it was innocent, just drinking as though it was ginger ale. He did not... So if somebody in the rooms or in your life... says you know you should like play that tape through like really think this through i want you to roll your eyes at them don't say Show one, just, Fred's story. just walk away just walk away <laughs> never speak to them again just think through that drink you because know? every time i drank in the last 10 years i was thinking through it i knew the consequences but they didn't matter and so if anyone's listening that's like not in the 12-step world this might be a shocking uh idea but let me just tell you what is and what is not a 12-step idea based on our literature and 88 years of doing this successfully in the 12-step world... You've been doing this 88 years? No, that program has been around oh, 88 years. okay. And the literature's been around. Well, you're dropping little cue hints. Anyways, my point is, is that triggers can't make you relapse. What about trauma? Trauma can't make you relapse either. Uh, the book talks about mm. matching calamity with serenity. That's what a about divorce? Topic. No, but listen, please, we don't have much time. Hurry. Okay. And so the reason Fred drank on this great, beautiful day is because he did not have a spiritual defense against he it. He had no effective mental defense. Against the first drink. Correct. And why is the first drink It's not problem? the fourth drink or the tenth drink that's a problem. It's the fact that I can't leave one alone for good. Right. So the fact that I have the allergy that says as soon as I put drink number one in my body, the craving begins. I want drink number two more than drink number one. And then the craving begins to build even more. And I want drink number three more than two. And it builds and it builds and it builds. I have little to no control over the amount I want to take. No matter what. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the problem is even before that, it doesn't even matter. Why can't you leave one alone? 
Right. And that's what we're talking about today is your insanity. And so when we I love Fred's story. And if and if people don't believe me that that's the point of Fred's story that triggers are BS, uh, go read page 100 to 101. But, but real quick, hold on. Mm-hmm. So let's again for the rest of the audience. Mm-hmm. How many times if food is a problem, did you go on a diet and for a time all is well? You're going to the gym, you're eating properly, you drop a ton of weight, and then what happens? Slide back. Here's slide what happened back, to me over and over back, again, and you back. watched it, and you finally went, oh, bro. You said it to me, food for you is no different than a drink or a drug. For you, Because yeah. I would do really well, and then we'd be out somewhere, and the thought would cross my mind. We'd, we'd be at a fancy restaurant, and you'd be like, I've, I've done good for four months. I can have a piece of cake, right? I've done good, haven't I? And you want me to co-sign the insanity that because you've done so good for four months, it's okay for you uh, to have a piece of cake. <laughs> and in I, the beginning I, you did. I'm like, crap. In the, in the beginning you did. But in the beginning you did. And after a while you're like, bro, I don't and want I'm nothing like, to do bro, with this. Go stay at a hotel if you're going to have that cake because I don't want to be around you. I know what's right. going to happen. Um, um, but it's the same thing with finance. Okay, it's a new year, new me. I'm going to go on a budget. And I go on a budget and I have that insane idea that I need those shoes when I don't really need those shoes. I just want those shoes. Apply this to anything. Mm-hmm. Now, when we go into porn, I think we probably need to do another porn episode coming up. So that will be in the future. After you've uh, dismantled all your Instagrams, when it's become a problem for you again? That's what I think will happen. No, it's not. It's not? No. God, God's going to do for you what you can't do for yourself? He's he is now. Okay. Yeah, that's the only power I have is his. But here's what I want to say though is when it comes to porn there is a little extra chemical there that people need to understand. Help if you me. have a porn addiction and you can't stop it, what you need to know is that porn actually rewires your brain and every time you watch porn you get a dopamine hit. And so your brain is actually looking for that dopamine hit. Why, Heather? I don't know. Why? Ease and comfort. Mm. Ease and comfort. Okay. I get at once by taking a few drinks. Mm -hmm. Drinks which I see others taking with impunity. (laughs) Right. We're not going to talk about ease and comfort? I mean, we don't have time. You're looking Oklahoma dumbfounded right now. (laughs) No, we don't have time to go into that side of it. What I'm saying is take a look at your life. If if, If your life internally, your existence internally was so well, so fine, Yeah. why would you even consider a drink or a drug? Right, and so we're going to do that on another episode of diving more into like. And the- if you and if you don't know, if you're not sure, if you're not sure, look, I'm not going to tell you to go do heroin. Every time you shoot heroin, like that's literally Russian roulette. But if you're an alcoholic like me, just a garden variety drunk, and you're not sure you're an alcoholic, try and quit for a period of time. Try and have two drinks consistently, mm-hmm. consistently. Yeah. If you're self-honest, if you're willing to look at yourself for real, you'll know it. Are you able to control and enjoy it or stay stopped? Because there are people that honestly don't know. And I think that you really can only find out for yourself. Yeah, I think so. I think it's important that people know because if you don't know what type of illness you have, then you don't know what kind of solution you need and vice versa. You know? So thank you for tuning in and listening to Relevant Recovery today. We're glad you joined us. Don't forget, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. And don't worry, by our next show, I will go ahead and have Heather get her flat hair taken care of. (laughs) And we'll come up with some new Oklahoma words. We'll be back in another week with Relevant Recovery Radio.